0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Gracious Father, for uh, for this day, and let's pray often uh, for your grace and your mercy, which is renewed each day and which comes to us um, uh, in spite of ourselves and in full sight of ourselves. Uh, ask now that you would be with us, uh, guide and direct us, uh, and open our ears to your um, to your word, which you would have us know. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, well, good morning to everyone. Uh, Psalm 88, one of my favorite psalms, because um, uh, there are 150 psalms, um, and Psalm 88 is somewhat unusual in, in, in the Psalter. The book of Psalms is just called the Psalter, so if I use that that word, it just means the collection of of psalms or songs or poems, um, which is what the psalms are, Uh, somewhat unique in the Psalter, uh, inasmuch as, although many of them are psalms of lament, um, uh, most of them turn somewhere around two-thirds of the way through and make this noted shift to an explicit statement of confidence in God. Uh, probably the most famous way that's known is is in Psalm 22, um, the one that Christ uttered from the cross, or at least he began, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it goes through, and it's a psalm of lament, and a psalm of a cry, a psalm of, of great anguish and emotion, uh, uh, describing forgottenness, forsakenness by God, um, being, uh, being left out, being passed over. So that's kind of the reasons I brought out the the language here for this psalm but about two-thirds of the way through psalm 22 and the rest of them will turn but you O lord are faithful but you O god um, are my rock and my refuge and there's some explicit that's an important word explicit movement to uh, some sense of of god's nearness his presence his provision psalm 88 is different because it doesn't have that explicit shift. It's going to have an implicit sense of confidence. But Psalm 88, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad as a pastor, as a counselor, as a human being, um, that Psalm 88 wasn't passed over, uh wasn't left out of the Psalter, out of the collection. Um, there's just a couple of the seats outside. Hey Drew, there's there's chairs out there. Maybe you might grab one for Mary Bester too. Um, thank you, Drew. Um, where in those, what's sometimes called the dark night of the soul, um, those times of great anguish, uh, a strong sense of being forgotten, left out, and passed over, we don't have to pretend and put on airs and have some sense that everything's going to be okay. It's just a momentary lapse. This must be me. It's not real. You know, it's a, it's an imagined sense. I know God is really there and in control. It, 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 it never, it never makes that move. It wants to leave the reality of the experience unvarnished and just kind of left there so so that's what you're in for this morning is a little bit of that grappling because uh, what i hope to do today is uh interact with the psalm a little bit um uh, as a word of hope or encouragement for those of us that have uh maybe in a dark night um or have come out of one or certainly quick scan of the room um uh, we've been there before, and we know that we'll be there again um, because we're here. <laughs> we're, we're we're breathing. We're drawing in air in a world that is waiting and longing, as in the pains of childbirth, for uh, the sons of God to be revealed, um, as Paul puts it poignantly in in, in Romans eight. Um, so Psalm eighty-eight is just one of my favorite psalms, and I haven't taught about it in a while, so I wanted to do that. Um, so part A is to interact with the psalm a little bit um uh drip with hope i hope uh but also let it speak to us in its unvarnished way and in part two of the class you know i'm always a little bit sheepish when i do this but i couldn't get away from it um look at a u2 song uh the little things that give you away it's one of their new songs uh because there was a line and i was thinking about psalm 88 that just sort of awoke itself to me um uh you might say that um it's it's you know uh, again a little bit cheapish i don't know why but i always am uh because people a lot of people here know my long relationship with you two started listening to them when i was 15 now 48 so that's a long time <laughs> to listen to one band um but they have been uh, uh so always sort of in the middle of my mind if not the front of my mind you know always and help me make sense of things uh, and Bono is right here. Um, the band is right here in the Psalm 88 experience, uh, but brings it forward to a word of hope. So that's what I hope to do, because you can't come to Psalm 88. Here's my last word as an introduction, and then we'll go to it. Are most of the Psalms dispassionately to enter Psalm 88 with this sense that we're going to interpret Psalm 88 and sort of talk about the Hebrew or the construction of the Psalm and look at the... The, the pentameter or the rhythm or whatever else, boy, does that miss the boat. I mean, it is a psalm that just is a is an outpouring of anguish um, for good reason, for a long time, not just since Freud in the middle of the 19th century. For a long time, this psalm has been associated with mental anguish, uh, with the noonday demon, as, as depression is sometimes called, or other forms of grief or anguish, where the psalm... Uh, has been associated as a word for, for those particular sufferers, not necessarily ones that you could look at and say, gosh, that guy's in trouble. Um, you may look at it and say, well, he looks like he has it all together, but inside there is a, a, a tumult that's happening. Um, this is the psalm for you, if that describes any part of your life. Um, and it's been a psalm that's been associated in the tradition with that for a long time. And there's a lot of emotion And so you too brings the emotion to it in a particular way. I think that's why it came to me. So that's where we're going. Make sense? Um, So let's read the psalm, shall we? Um, uh, Psalm 88. Uh, We'll probably read it twice um, because it's short enough. It's only only 18 verses. Uh, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol, or the grave, um, uh, as the King James calls it. Um, my life draws near to the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me into the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, your wrath Lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with your waves, Salah. Um, You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to you, Salah? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? which just means destruction, in place of destruction, or your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness. But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast away my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your tears, I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Or another way, the translation that's common that you hear a lot, um, the last line, uh, or darkness has become my only companion. So, a couple of comments, and then we'll read it again, and then we'll listen to you two. Yeah, it's a a hard psalm, isn't it? Um, uh, this psalm, like all the psalms, it doesn't give us a couple of general thoughts um, and specific thoughts. Uh, it's not a juvenile faith that we're talking about here. This isn't a, a saccharine sense that um, uh, a reliance on karma, that somehow it's all going to work out in the end, or I just really, really, really believe that it's going to be okay, um, that uh, I, I you know, pick on sincerity, which we talk about a lot, um, that sincerity is an overrated virtue. I just really believe that that God's not going to give us more than we can handle, um, that, that what doesn't uh, kill us is going to make us stronger and appeal to, to, to Nietzsche and some others. And, well, sometimes, as somebody once said, that which doesn't kill you, it almost kills you, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's really, really bad, and it's really, really hard, and we don't need to try to plastic it up and make it better. Um, and this psalm is a great example of that freedom that we have in the uh, in our relationship with God. With, uh, with the scripture, with the living word that's doing itself to us. Um, And then uh, move to a shift more specifically about this psalm. Um, Without this explicit shift to the confidence, like I mentioned in Psalm 22, it starts, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, In verse 19 of Psalm 22, it says, but you, O Lord, be not far off. You are my help. Come quickly to my aid. Recognitions of deep, Truths that God be not far off. You are my help, my rock, my fortress, my uh, uh, my redeemer who lives. Um, Psalm eighty-eight doesn't make that explicit shift, but what does it do? It has an implicit sense of a nearness to God from the very beginning, and that's so overlooked. How does it start? O oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you and that's something that just needs me to, need to slow down and rest in that although psalm 88 doesn't make this shift it never wavers and it never doubts about who is the audience who is receiving this this lament this plaintive crying out this prayer O oh god of my salvation and like psalm 22 what's one way i think we hear this psalm and most of the psalms uh we hear it on christ's lips um in the garden of gethsemane where in anguish um though he would have looked you know he would look like he I mean, was in anguish with you know sweating drops of blood as Luke would, would give it uh that these words on his lips your wrath is poured out upon me um uh my enemies surround me i am shut in i cannot escape Knowing that this cup is not going to pass from me, and what my tomorrow holds, we hear this psalm on Christ's lips. Yes, absolutely, um, but it's also part of our experience at different points in our life. Um, so, within this psalm, we read it again. Four things I want to point out that just all happen to start with A, so that feels really nice and you know, borrowing from our Baptist brethren to to have uh, have some alliteration. The psalm's accuracy. It's a uh, Uh, centering on its authorship, knowing its audience, and also describing the autonomy which God has. Um, uh, So accuracy, authorship, audience, and autonomy. Uh, Think about this. Read the psalm again. An accurate description of calling things what they are. You know, the feeling, the emotion, the anguish, um, the nearness between uh, God and the psalmist, the speaker. Notably, there is no we and there is no they. The whole psalm is spoken in the singular tense. First person, me, my, and I. And the second person, familiar, God, you. Um, This closeness to God. Um, There is a, uh, in sort of family systems language, there is a strict dyad that's going on here. There is a single audience between the speaker and the hearer. and I, thou, you and me. Um, it's Jacob wrestling the angel. He had sent everybody off. He was all alone. And it's just the two that's locked in. Um, so it describes things accurately. Uh, it notes God as the author. It's your wrath. Your hand is heavy. Your... Uh, your work is doing its, uh, its, its crushing blow on me. And then the autonomy of God as well. It leaves God to be God. You are God and I am not. Um, the great cry, let God be God. Um, and not try to, to jump in the way and get God off the hook. Because if this is a lament, um, working definition of lament, a lament is a scripture is a word. It doesn't have to be a scripture. We can have laments. Um, uh, A word or a cry or a prayer that sees things as they are accurately knows that God is the author, that God is the one who promises, and it places God to be responsible to deliver his own promise. That's what the Bible, I think, would describe as a lament. Um, That it says the way things are. What am I feeling, you know, What's the context around me um, uh, without trying to pretty it up? And then uh, uh, saying, but your help, you are refuge. You are the one. You have come. Um, You have done something decisive. And I hang you on that promise. You have to get me out of this, Lord. You have to set my feet upon a rock. You have to make my footsteps firm. You are my help. You are my only help. For I am helpless, as this psalm says. I cannot do it. You have to. And it squares God up, even with that kind of language, where it's that, that, that strict dyad. You and God, Jacob and, 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 and the dark force crossing the Jabbok. Um, you have to do this. You said you would. I'm holding you to your promise. And that's going to be the bridge in a little bit to, 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 to the U2 song. So with that, hear the psalm again. Accuracy. Authorship, audience, and autonomy. Let God be God. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders from the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? The psalmist names the thing. Verse three, my soul is full of troubles. I am a man who has no strength. Verse four. In verse five, the psalmist feeling the anguish, it's it's uh it, it it's it may be imagined um, but it's real. Uh, he may he he may not be without help. The Lord, his helper, is at his side, but the experience of moving through this world uh Accurate description. Um, I am like one set loose amongst the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. I hope we don't all live in this space every day for an extended period of time, but but all of us are there at some point, I think, in our lives. Psalm 88 is a word. It's a word that frees us to call the thing what it is, uh, to state before God uh, what what life is like. Um, and then second, if that's the, calls the thing what it is accurately, God's authorship um, it doesn't shy away and try to try to get God off the hook. It places Him on the hook, if you want to call it that. Um, the psalm begins clearly, "O oh Lord, God of my salvation," so that's part of God's authorship. He alone is the author of our salvation. Our present help in times of trouble as well as our eternal life secured in Him. The psalm has a striking security throughout the psalm where it frees the psalmist. It frees us to call the thing what it is because we know that God is in fact the author and the authority. O Lord, God of my salvation, let my prayer come before You. Incline Your ear to my cry. It knows that that's the only help. Um, and then thirdly, the audience, which is a bleed over there. There's no confusion for the psalmist. He knows exactly who to address. This isn't an appeal to the, to the wheel in the sky that keeps on turning or to karma or to, to just the, um, uh, some sort of vague impersonal goodness or power or something else. It, it's, it's the Lord and he has a name and he calls squarely to Jehovah. Um, I cry out day and night before you. Every day I call upon you. I spread out my hands to you. But, O Lord, I cry to you. In the morning my prayers come to you. There's no confusion. Um, There is something to be said, and there is someone to say it to. And that's Psalm 88. And then lastly, and implicitly and most finally, the sense of God being God. Um, That God is autonomous. Literally, you know, a law unto himself. He has a mind unto himself. Your ways are not my ways, and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So says Isaiah in in Isaiah 55. Uh, God of my salvation, um, uh, you have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? This could easily be Christ's prayer on the cross, and it could also be uh, our own prayer and our own crucifixions as we're brought to our own end. Um, so again, here's the bridge to, uh, to the shift, to so the good news, in fact, uh, that a psalm like Psalm 88 can give us. Um, as a lament frees us to call a thing what it is, to say squarely and accurately how life is knowing who the author of our, our life and our salvation is, uh, that sees properly what the, the conversation needs to be, the dyad between us and God. Um, and then it speaks the truth that he has revealed to us, that he is our help, our refuge, uh, alone the author of our salvation. A limit cries out to God and tells God who he is as Job is sometimes described as bringing God uh, in a lawsuit against himself. Um, you said you would do this. You need to do this. Um, that's a lament. Uh, what is a lament? It's, it's delivering the promise. The promise that God said that I will not forget you, I will not leave you, I will not abandon you in the depths of sin, whether it's your own personal sin or you're suffering the sin of others, or just the brokenness of the world. That in the midst of all that, I delivered you. And here's where for the bridge, the rupture of the ages, as the cross, as someone once called the cross, which is a great phrase, that the cross stands as truly the the, the crux of time between the old age and the new age to come. Um, this rupture, this tearing apart of uh, of the fabric so that now there's something decisively new discontinuitous if you want to give it that word the world had been going this way and then the cross happened and now it has a different way forward um, the word of hope the promise that there is in fact a decisive rupture in the ages that the same old same old the old age is not always going to be delivered to us so that all we have is three score and ten, and then we die. Um, uh, that was one of the psalmists said. Um, that there's something more to life. That in this rupture, we have hope. And with this new age comes the promise of the new heavens and the new earth. As Revelation 21 would say, Every tear is wiped away. There's no more death, nor mourning, nor grief, nor crying, nor pain. The former things have passed away. With this tearing of the curtain, the rupture of the ages, the old is gone and the new has come. Now, where do we live? We live in the in-between. In this rupture of the ages, we bounce back and forth um, between uh, the sometimes we suffer, as in the pains of childbirth, in the old age, and sometimes we have it broken through. uh, We have the light breaking through. Uh, we have the new song placed in our mouth. We have the new uh, footing, uh, which our feet have been placed upon. We have the new refuge, of, uh, uh, which which saves us from the wrath of God himself. Um, uh, the new has come. And it's this back and forth where Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, where Christ is the end of the old and the beginning of the new. And here's the bridge, um, because Bono's going to pick this up, where the end is coming, the end has come. Christ is the end. And most of the time when we think of the end, we think of that as very bad news until you are living a Psalm 88 life (laughs) and then you want the end to come. How long, O Lord, will I live in this way? When will the end come? When will Christ come? and deliver me from this, this, uh, this body of death? When will Christ come and be the end of a law which constantly accuses me? Um, as Paul would say in Romans 10, uh, when will Christ be the end so that now it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me? This new sense of the new age, the new eon that is birthed in us. Um, the word of hope for those of us who are in this world and no trouble. Um, So you can look on the back if you want. Now we're going to play a little bit with the U2's lyric. Um, There's this song, which um, before uh, this week, I don't know why it just is really, I liked it, but I don't know how many times I've listened to it. And it's really a song in two parts, if you care, um, because you might go back and listen to it. Um, Interestingly, because it starts off very, very, very slow um and then there's a shift we're going to look at just part two so to speak of the song which is actually organized differently the title of the song is a little things that give you away and that's the recurring uh, chorus in the first part of the song it's never uttered in the second one um, the song starts uh, where Bono who's now pushing 60 um, he's looking back on his younger self his mother died when he was 14 or something like that seminal seminal moment in his life like it would be for any 14 year old um, but he's always making sense of that death um, uh, he's looking back on his younger self as his older self and that's where the song starts the song of experience which is the album is called now an experienced wiser Bono looking back at the younger Bono trying to uh, uh, to make some sense of life but like a lot of his, and not just his, but just verse, poetry, um, wisdom, life. There's a second hearing um, of, uh, of what Luther would call the simul justus et peccator, um, this uh, this life within the simul of simultaneously living as a righteousness, uh, as one who is delivered righteous, uh, but who is also still in the crux of sin. Paul's cry in Romans 7, who am I? Um, this thing that I don't want to do, I keep doing that. And the thing I do keep on doing, I don't want to do that, but I can't not not do it. Ugh. Who's going to deliver? Who's going to help me? Where is my deliverer? Um, Bono is always right there. And there's a sense, especially in part two, where the song shifts and it wants to look back now and make some sense of that Psalm 88-like experience of waking up at four in the morning. Uh, Where all the darkness is swarming and it covers me in fear. That's the line that sort of drew me into this this week. Uh, Where I know I believe, but what about all this unbelief? What about these moments where I do wake at four? Or it's the noonday demon, um, and I'm back into it again. And I thought I had licked it. I thought I would never feel this way again. My doctor promised me that I was healed, and here I am. I can't get well how do I make sense of that Uh, sometimes this back and forth so here's where I hear the song and then we'll listen and we can talk about it it's going to start off with uh, with this heavy sort of just repeating um, piano that edge is playing where it's like a metronome that's how I hear it just think, think and the metronome going back and forth and now the recurring line is sometimes you hear the word time in there, eon, the old and the new, and bouncing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Sometimes I can't believe my existence. Who am I? Am I this man that they say I am? This is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, strong and, uh, and and uh, oh, I can't remember exactly what he said. Who am I, this man that the water say that I am? Um, strong and secure, or this weak, woebegone, weakling that I know myself to be, back and forth. Sometimes I'm one, sometimes I'm the other. sometimes at the same time, I'm both. I can't believe my existence. I see myself from a distance. I can't get back inside. I can't get back into the refuge of the safety of God. Um, sometimes the air is so anxious, and all my thoughts are so reckless, and all my innocence has died. Sometimes I wake at four in the morning when all the darkness is swarming and it covers me in fear. And then sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. And now the guitar is going to build. This is where the emotion really comes. This is where I get sheepish, um, but oh well. Uh, Also a recurring theme in their music is uh, uh, from the Psalms, uh, where the song... The word for song. Um, uh, The Lord put a new song in my mouth, where I will sing. I will sing a new song. That the song is the gospel. Um, They're musicians. The art is music, and so they're always delivering the uh, the metaphor of the song. And then sometimes, and the guitar builds, and it's the uh, uh, it's the end that's coming, where Christ, the end uh, of the old and the beginning of the new, He's coming to deliver. And then sometimes I'm full of anger and grieving, so far away from believing, but it's building at this point, and now Christ keeps coming, that any song will reappear. Sometimes the end is not coming. It's not coming. It's here. There's the gracious deliverance, um, the delicious despair. It's been described several times. Sometimes when the painted glass shatters, the only thing that matters, I can't see you through the tears. Now the you is not his younger self, but another you. Not unlike Psalm 88. Sometimes the end is not coming. The end is not coming. The end is here. Sometimes. Back and forth. So, I want to tell you about it a little bit. How many of y'all have heard this song? Anybody? It's their, one of their new ones, so you may not. So, we'll listen. We'll make some sense. You can abandon it if you want, or we can talk about it. So... Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can't believe my existence. I see myself on a distance. Can't get back inside. Sometimes the air is so anxious. Oh my god. That? yeah so it's interesting that's the f- may not you know we we do this now um <laughs> we uh we go see them and at the end of their joshua tree sort of tour their second one their 30th anniversary this is how they closed it you know they played the whole album and they did a few others and then they played this song and this is the first time this song was ever heard it wasn't even released on online yet and so everybody heard it and they never heard the witness remember just going like what was that? Um and so he's still working out some of the lyrics. Um and he does that. He'll play he'll play with him. What's written is sometimes not what he sings. But this sort of lukewarm, I remember hearing it, uh not understanding the words, especially the uh the first part, but then hearing that guitar. And I remember thinking like there's something there. Um So anyway, that's the personal part. Did monkey with the lyrics. But the emotion then people can make a comment or two if they want. Um. I think Psalm 88 needed the emotion, and that's what made, that's what drew me to this song, just to offer something to you all. Um, wherever you are, wherever you are in the Psalm 88 sort of experience, whether it's past, present, or you know it's coming, uh, to not let us think that I just need to figure this out in my head. It's sometimes what... Uh, I'm a big thinker. I love it. But it's got you got to find some place for our hearts to find an expression, to let the story out, to let the pain out, the anguish out, the noonday demon out, the anger and grieving. Um, it needs an outlet. Um, whatever that is. It could be the Psalms where you just read them and let the Word do the work on us. Um, they're full of emotion. Uh it could be music most of the time. It's a lot of time, I won't say most, it's music for many of us. Um whether it's uh uh it doesn't matter who it is, um just to find some place for a psalm like Psalm eighty eight to have the emotional weight, which it's 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 accurately saying it exists when you square up to it, your Lord is there. Sometimes the end is coming, the end is here. Um, thoughts, comments, whether it's on the psalm, on the song, anything else? Any comments or thoughts? You away? Yeah, as I mentioned, it's part one and part two. Here's here's how I make sense of it, because um, you hear that phrase a lot, and so it's the old Bono talking to the younger, so the old self talking to the younger. And the younger's full of bravado. I'm okay, you know, I can do this, full of anger. Um, His mom died, difficult relationship with his dad. Uh, I'm okay, doesn't hurt, Um, not a big deal. But it's the little things that give the younger, Bono, away to the one who can see it. Uh, Bono knows what to look for. And that time when you were sitting on the steps alone crying, I saw that. You gave yourself away, Um, or all that uh, confidence a thin veneer to an insecurity. The little thing's giving you away. That's the one reading. The bigger reading, Simul Justus the Pecator. Um, I know, I know your works. So says Christ. Um, uh, you, you pray every day, and you tithe cumin, and you, you, uh, uh, you, you make a big show of, of your gifts in the synagogue and the temple and all that. Uh, I see it. it. looks like a whitewashed tomb, and inside you're full of rotting bones. It's the little things that give you away. Um, it's a song of um where our old self, the old Adam, um, he can hide only for so long, but he's going to give himself away. And it's got to be brought up, and that Adam has to die. The end. The end of the Adam. That's the Christian hope. Um, that's why I think the song is anything else oh God of my salvation yeah so thank you Frank um, is there a, I, where's, the, where's the rest <laughs> yeah, yeah the rest is psalm 89 psalm 90 i mean really yeah we we we, we don't read it alone um we can't read it alone um the whole of the christian hope is not in psalm 88 um uh, but boy i'm glad it's in there because it at least says this is what it is this is what it's like this is my life right now it wasn't that way yesterday won't be that way tomorrow but right now This is what it feels like, and it's real. It may not be true. You know, I'm helpless. I have no strength. Well, that's not true. I can do all things. I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's true. But this is what the experience of life is like. And we need that. We need that muse. We need a Psalm 88 to help us make sense of those dark nights, those 4 a.m.s, that vacillation, of the metronome. that recurring sin that's a thorn in my side that I've prayed three times and it won't come out. Um, it's not the whole of the word. We have to have the rest of the counsel of God, but it's a it's a great piece. And it starts, O oh God of my salvation, and that's really important. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Holding God to His promise. You said, "In my life right now is darkness is my only friend. Where are you? Yeah. Um. You know, it just seems to me this is prophetic for Christ. You know, like yes. You start off praying in your garden, and then He's on the cross. Yes. Seven, your wrath heavy you, you in all your waves. verse 14, oh, Lord, why do you, cast my why do you hide your face this is the cross. I mean, to me, this is prophetic I guess it's both the points you brought up but it just as I read this I, it just seemed like this is him on the cross and like other psalms it prophesies that his death I agree with you 100% no. um, it's first reading is a, it's a Christological psalm but that's not the only period um, uh, many of the psalms are to be heard as if Christ were praying them um, it really helps us hear the psalms and uh, But having said that, they're also helpful. They're helpful to us who in this world know trouble and anguish and peril and sword. We know that we have been delivered from the wrath of God, the justifiable right anger of God. Um, uh, Christ was not spared from the wrath of God. And so Psalm, where's this? Where is that? Verse 7, your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. That is Christ on the cross. That's not us. It feels that way, but that was true for Christ. Let me pray. Lord, correct me where I'm wrong. Um, Strengthen your word, uh, the word of hope, your word of deliverance, your word of the gospel, um, where where it would be known. I pray this in Jesus' name.